What I heard then was the melody of children at play, nothing but that. And I knew that the hopelessly poignant thing was not Lolita's absence from my side, but the absence of her voice from that chorus. favorite kinds of movies and books about pedophiles no i was gonna say joyrides what are you talking about <laughs> i like a, i like a good story about a joyride just traveling across the country right a road trip favorite. that's you're right road trips are so many sights to see well this book has both welcome we're talking about lolita <laughs> yay lolita which if anyone doesn't know it's about pedophilia so if you're if that's uncomfortable for you um might want to skip this one but uh if it's not uncomfortable t for you you should go to your local police station and turn yourself in <laughs> yeah so good old lolita which was written by vladimir nobakov is it nobakov nabokov 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 cool. you have to good say it Russian. nabokov yeah nabokov you gotta like That's shake right. your chest when you say it because it's Russian and it comes Nabokov. from the chest. <laughs> Nabokov. See, I will say, um, Lolita, obviously, yes, there's pedophilia. It is not a comfortable subject. We will not get into lewd detail. The book itself doesn't really get into lewd detail, but it does deal with trauma. So, yeah, that's a bit of a sensitive subject. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. So... I had previously read this when I was younger, but Michael, you were new to Lolita. Tell me your thoughts. Oh, was I uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's a brilliant fucking book. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be straight up. It's brilliant, but like, I was uncomfortable from pretty much the beginning to the end, and but the writing, the way he writes it sort of alleviates some of that uncomfortability and it's 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 so humbert the 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 narrator the it's it's all from his perspective it's him writing a memoir about his experiences and the way he writes and the way he talks is beautiful and i know i mentioned to this like i think it was like the first day after i was like reading this and, and we were talking and I was like, you know, this guy could probably be the most romantic man in existence. But, of course, he chooses to, uh, unfortunately, be infatuated with... A child. Uh, girls of youth, yeah. And, I mean, he, he goes... What I like about the book is how much it goes into, like, his backstory. Yeah. And you, you, you learn about all of his experiences. You learn about his early his early romance which you do in the movie but it's it goes even further about his experiences through europe and and all these other instances in his life before it ever we ever get to um him coming to america and him living in new england and living in the house with uh the hayes family but so i mean back back to like the first time reading this it's Honestly, like, it's, 
it's so well written and yeah he he's he's so fucking manipulative he's so manipulative in his own mindset he's like i feel like he's basically manipulating himself and then in doing so because we're you're basically reading his thoughts it sort of manipulates you you as the reader sometimes and you're like oh no this isn't good no <laughs> but the way he says it and the way he he writes makes you sort of like sympathetic at times but then you're like no this is this is this is not how uh, uh, an adult should act or or should feel this is and so that's what makes it really uncomfortable and i do appreciate that nabokov doesn't go into any detail about like sexual relations so i right. think things like that made it better like i don't think i really don't think anyone else could probably pull off this kind of a book no and it's it's really the only way you can do it it's it's more of like the book it's just so much of like his 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 romantic feelings towards this girl and he he just describes things in and in, in a very affluent and and well thought out ways with with wonderful imagery and it's 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 beautiful in the in, the, in that and I'm, and I'm probably reiterating what i just said but it's beautifully written it's 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 wonderful and once again this would be a great character if he wasn't a fucking pedophile true and i mean great characters aren't limited to being perfect people there are very many great true. characters um that are just rounded out well so i'm gonna recap if you have not read lolita i'll do a quick summary of the plot so you know what we're referring to but essentially you've got Humbert, Humbert, yes, it's a pseudonym, and he's writing from jail, and he's detailing how he came to the States and essentially rented a room in the Hayes family with a widow and her daughter, and he's immediately in love with her daughter, who is 12. Well, he comes to find out from Elder Hayes that she's in love with him, and they get married while Lolita is at camp. Sorry, her actual name is Dolores. We'll get into it. I will call her by her proper name, which is Dolores. So they get married, and one day she finds his journal, because like many creepy people, he documents his lust, and she finds his journal talking about how much he's into her daughter, and she runs off to send some letters to some people and gets hit by a car and dies, and he's, like, convenient. So he gets Dolores from camp, and they start this massive road trip, and at some point during this, they start having sexual relations. Some might call it rape, because that's what it is. And she comes. they come back to, to town. She goes to a school. There's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of her asking for increased allowances, and he's assuming, probably correctly, that she's hiding money and that she's planning to run away. And they get into a big fight where she accuses him of killing her mom and runs out, and then they kind of make back up, and she says, let's go on another trip, I'll drop out of school. And during this trip, 
she gets to choose where they go. They start being followed by a car who he assumes is a cop because guilty people are paranoid. Um, but someone is actually following. Actually, there's a really great quote I read once that's just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Anyway, it's not a detective, however. And at some point in their trip, um, Dolores gets really sick. He takes her to the hospital. She has bronchitis. He also is ill, and when he kind of snaps out of his illness, he goes to get her from the hospital and finds out someone has already checked her out and has claimed to be her uncle, and that's when he realizes she's lost. He tries to look and see who took her, but he's got no idea, and then for three years, he doesn't know her whereabouts until he gets a letter from her that she's pregnant and married, and he shows up with a gun intending to kill her husband, who he assumes is the person who stole her away, but he finds out it's the playwright from her school and that she got kicked out of his house for not engaging in um, basically uh, uh, porn movies that they shot with underage kids. But now she's married to a new man. Humbert's like, run away with me, I still love you. She goes, haha, no. He gives her $4,000, goes, finds the playwright, and shoots him. And the playwright dies a very dramatic playwright death, playing the piano... Um, and actually in the movie, he's running around in a robe, and you get to see kind of full frontal naked man, which is not very common usually, but that was, um, interesting. And yeah, then he goes on a high speed, no, regular speed police chase, and, <laughs> and eventually pulls off the side of the road into a field of cows and gets arrested. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's the story. And you're right, we did get to see frontal nudity. And yeah, we got to see Frank Langella's genitalia. So if, I know we've all been wanting to see that. True. So I've um, got to say, when yeah. I first read this, I was in high school. And there's something about when you read books like this at an earlier age, it was the same thing like when I watched an education where it doesn't seem immediately predatory to you as a young person because a lot of us younger women had crushes on older men and we didn't feel like the reversal of that attention was necessarily creepy. But then you get to a certain age and you go, wow, no, it is. And, you know, good thing to those of us who didn't receive weird adult male attention because that's not okay. So rereading it now... I mean, I, I knew it was creepy when I was younger, but I kind of understood the romantic elements more, and I loved the writing. Like, as we said, it's it's beautifully written. But, you know, Humbert has all the classic features of a creep. He manipulates Dolores, and just the mere fact that he doesn't call her by her given name, or even the nicknames her mom has for her, he calls her Lolita, because he's essentially just seeing her as his fantasy of her, as her, her nymphette self. So he's robbing her of her identity. He has her entrapped because she's an underage girl, and he's, you know, technically kind of her adoptive father because of the marriage to her late mother. And he also tells her they'll both get in trouble if they ever get caught, which is very untrue and something older people say to younger people when they are taking advantage of them. I mean, I'd also add to the fact that he, he gives her a different name in order to make her his possession. It's sort of 
by yeah. calling her Lolita. It's no one else calls her Lolita, which is one issue I have with the movie is other characters call her Lolita. And I didn't know why they did that. I know that people call her low, but I don't remember. I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't remember that, but I know a lot of people call her low. Right, but even in the book, I think he's the only one that calls her low. Oh. And because what is it? When he's, when he's describing why she is Lolita. She's low in the morning. She's uh, Lita um, at school or something. And then she's Lolita when she's in his arms. She, oh, okay, so I have it, because it's one of the first passages, and it gets so well written, so I'll, I'll read it for mm-hmm. people, but. Yeah, go for it. She was low, plain low in the morning, standing four feet ten in one sock. She was Lola in slacks. She was Dolly at school. She was Dolores on the dotted line, but in my arms, she was always Lolita. Yes. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was weird to me that in the movie, they, they had other characters call her by, yeah. those, by those names, which is his names for her. I... I mean, I mean, I've already mentioned it. I wish in the movie they went more into his backstory and things like that because it pretty much just rushes it to their relationship, um, which really doesn't happen till like halfway through the book. Yeah. You 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 miss out on a lot of certain interactions, and also like I I I don't like how the movie starts off the story it starts it off at the end he's got a gun in his hand it's he has blood on his hands and so you know he's gonna murder someone so basically for the for the film it becomes almost a like oh no who's he gonna kill sort of sort of story instead of a weird comedy instead of what (laughs) the fuck are you doing with that girl humbert right exactly It's, it's, it's 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 the book is 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 way wittier and a lot funnier, even though it's it's like I guess a dark comedy, which I was reading up on the 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 original film adaption by Stanley Kubrick, because Nabokov uh, wrote that screenplay. It is more of a comedy than a romance film, and it. That's one thing like, with this film, it, I, I felt a little weird is how much, and part of it is the musical choice. Although I love Ennio Morricone's music so much. Oh, but it yeah, was, it does give it a romantic theme. Yes, it gives it a romantic theme instead of this creep, uh, instead of like a creepy vibe. Like, and I didn't like that they, I mean, uh, I don't oh, I didn't like how much they went into, like, sex between them. <laughs> um, well, it's it's a bit weird. I don't know. Um, well, they cut it down a bit, actually, from the book. I mean, it, like, it kind of... Them driving around is a good portion of the novel, and I understand they had to cut something because, again, you know, it's a decently long book, and adapting it's whatever, and they kept kind of the high plot points, but... I'm going to say, okay, here's why I'm okay with it, and here's why also one has to keep in mind when they're reading this. This is all from our creepy narrator's perspective. So he is romanticizing this relationship that is ultimately messed up. He also claims, you know, how flirty she was, even though she's 12, and 12-year-old girls, even if they do accidentally flirt with an adult male, are not thinking about fucking them. 
So you're seeing yeah. that from his well, perspective, and I can see if the music is from his perspective of how he's seeing the world, how he's seeing her. But, you know, it's one of those things, like, you're going to get a messed up version of accounts from him, especially the first time they do actually have, you know, when they do hook up. She, He's saying, you know, she turned around and kissed him, and that's what started everything, as if that excuses anything. And one of the subtle things that Nabokov does is the whole time he's thinking about her previous sexual history, he's thinking, oh, she's messing around with young women. Because even though he's a creepy man, he never thinks that the actual truth is possible, which is that another man has taken advantage of her already. He just assumes, like, she's a young nymphette playing around with her sexuality with other young girls. Um, because he's got his male gaze view towards her life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess. And, and to add to like you, you're saying like it's all in his head, and I, I, I agree with that. Though the movie feels less so in his head than obviously the book, and it's sort of like I was gonna. In my mind, I get a, especially like the writing in a way a, a, a huge comparison to A Clockwork Orange. Um, probably because they're both, you know, first-person perspective, and they're both about really shitty people, and they're justifying their actions in 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 their own way. And the movie comes off less so in his head. Sure, there's like a little bit of narration here and there. I yeah. actually wish they had done more of that narration because I I think it would have it would have helped. Like especially like you do some of that narration during the the these these sex scenes and it would create a creepier vibe instead of the whole romantic vibe and that's where i think the movie gets things wrong is allowing these sexual i mean straight up fucking rapes to be romantic and whereas you have uh, see like a clockwork orange and the way Kubrick did that was any sex scene, any rape, anything of violence. It was shown brutally. And I appreciate that more. Cause I thought I felt like, I feels like that connects more with that novel versus the sexual re re relations in this novel by making it romantic. It, uh, it, it 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 changes the tone, I guess, of the novel. It changes what Nabokov was trying to say in the novel. Uh, the, yeah. the, the only the only sex scene that I actually enjoyed in the movie was uh, when she was reading the comic book, and I thought that was fucking hilarious in a really dark and fucked up way. Um, yeah. Like not enjoyed, but it's sort of like you know, um, I I thought it was that what they were doing there was part of the humor of the novel in a little bit but i don't know i i mean i, I know we're going to disagree on 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 this but i i didn't like that they made the all those all the rapes romantic and i get what you're saying it's from his perspective i just wish the movie itself was more had more of that introversion of the main character having him talk more over over the scenes, over certain scenes could have could have been really good, and that's why I created a comparison between this and 
A Clockwork Orange is in Clockwork Orange you had Malcolm McDowell constantly talking over scenes and 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 helping guide the story along through his narration j just like the book is and this you have less of that. I think there's like maybe only like three or four times that he's actually uh Humbert is actually talking to the audience but well, wait, because in the movie itself, are you comparing the movie to of Lolita to the book Clockwork Orange? Because there's a lot of narrating in the book, but in the movie during the rapes, not so much. You're not getting narration well, there. Well, you don't get any narrations in the rapes because he completely goes, brushes over them. It's, a, it's always about like the lead up and then everything after in the book. Um, well, and that's the... Well, okay, wait, 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 because... <laughs> I'm not getting what you're comparing, mm -hmm. but, okay, so, he's not describing the act itself, because, like, Nabokov does say he didn't want to write an erotica. He's writing right. the mind from a perverted erotic person, but he didn't want to get into the actual nitty-gritty of it, except for illusions that I think the movie does lack that do add import. So, you have in the book, he's given you know, Dolores's mom sleeping pills. And he they show that in the movie, but they don't... You're not getting the part in his head where he's thinking of, I'm going to give them both sleeping pills and have my way with Dolores while her mom's asleep. And also in the movie, he never gives Dolores sleeping pills, um, which adds that sort of creepy element that they think I think they needed. And also, that first night where things happen, he is for hours laying awake to make sure she's knocked out and they don't really show that so much because that I think that was one of those really creepy moments too where he's just like so obsessed and he's waiting and waiting to make sure and he keeps trying to make a move and then she kind of stirs awake and it's like a long long scene in the book and you realize how mm -hmm. just how dedicated his creepiness is and then the next morning you know the movie does, it shows a hickey on her and she talks about how she's in pain, which happens in the book. But in the book, you also learn the really fucked up fact that he had sex with her three times already the first time anything happens. And she's 12. So some of the, I right. think the gravity of those moments don't translate to the movie enough. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's also, I mean, they also change the age of... Uh, Dolores in the movie to 15 whereas like you said Dolores starts off as 12 and then she progresses to I guess by the end of the book she's 18 Four well she's 14 um she they say she's 14 the in the movie yeah so like they don't say her age at the beginning but she he does describe her as 14 when she's in the hospital which lines up with the book timeline and also you know the actress is 17 because they can't they can't have a 14 year old doing this um no it's not good <laughs> anyway so yeah, yeah, yeah uh so another another complaint i have with the film I mean, even though i think a lot of the acting was extremely well done i in the book uh you don't have I mean, you have some instances like when 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 Humbert moves in with the Hazes, and um, 
you know, it's basically like she ends up brushing up against him, things like that. And, and yeah. that, but in the, in the movie, you have like her straight up flirting with him. And then also already being a complete brat, which he doesn't, she doesn't do until after uh, he rapes her the first time. And, and uh, it's, it's uh it's it's weird it's it's weird that they had her act the complete same the entire time in the film like her character sort of changes a little bit. i mean it's not so much i guess like it's not so much changes or as he doesn't fully see her for who she actually is until he finally has her alone because because his because uh, uh charlotte's complaining about her all the time and and, yeah. and and but he never actually sees it Whereas or he just doesn't movie, care because he's you know well i mean he he doesn't he maybe he doesn't care but i mean he doesn't describe it at all and it's yeah it's like he he he, he doesn't um he, and you could you could argue yeah, yeah maybe he he didn't see it but he doesn't describe it at all but that's something that they sort of changed for the movie was i mean her character was straight up a brat from pretty much the beginning. True. I will say the way they played up her childishness in the movie, they do kind of... I'm glad they throw some of that in. Like, because, you know, you know in the book he is bribing her with clothes and candy because she loves candy and soda. So you do see a lot of that, especially on road trips of her, like, eat the scene of her eating the jawbreaker and all that. Like, they're showing her how young she is in certain creative ways. Um, also, you know, the way her hair is always done and like, she's got a retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought the retainer was a smart move. Yeah. Um, and now she just casually takes it out of her mouth and places it wherever. Cause that's what young people do. They've got no regards for like when they're at the soda <laughs> place, she just takes it out and puts it on the counter. And I'm just sitting there like, I know it's COVID times and we see things a little different, but that's gross anytime. But you know, she's a 14 year old and she's not thinking about that and there's also sorry one more like super manipulative thing he does so when he first picks her up from camp this is true in both the novel and movie he tells her her mom is ill and only conveniently after the first instance of rape does he tell her her mom's actually dead when she wants to call her which is a really manipulative time to say that once you've already, you know, really taken advantage of her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you also reminded me that the conversation between Charlotte and, and Humbert where in the movie they're walking and she's, she's telling him, oh, I'm going to send, I'm going to, we're going to get a, I'm going to get a maid, Lolita, or Dolores will um, end up being sent to like a a, a, a school somewhere. Uh, yeah. That doesn't happen until after they're married in the book, which I think is great because it's the first time where Humbert is actually trapped. Yeah. He's now trapped in this marriage and he's not going to get his way. And the the whole reason why he was going to marry this woman was so that he could get to Dolores but 
now he's trapped. And it's it was weird to me that they that they did that um, before the whole marriage thing, before the whole letter between that's that Charlotte gives gives Humbert. I I don't know why they changed the positioning of where that comes in the story. Yeah, and also in the movie, you don't get him thinking about straight up killing her in the lake when they're swimming after she says she's sending Dolores to boarding school. Oh, yeah, that was a great scene. <laughs> that was a great scene in the book. And that's the thing, like, like, he appeals he, to you because he's trying to come off as such a gentleman and he is very well-educated and he writes charismatically enough that you want to read his stuff, but he tries to appeal to you like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a man. I could never actually kill her. I just thought about it. And it's like, well, bro, it's already weird. You're thinking about killing her just so you can get her daughter to yourself. And also when, you know, he's trying to convince you regarding he and Dolores that, oh, you have to understand she was, she came on to me. And that's why like, even like the flirty, there are flirty moments of her in the novel. And like you said, in the movie, it's also very, very flirty, but I'm thinking, you know, you hear this from guys who are attracted to younger people where they'll claim they're flirting, but it's like, are they really or are they just being young and you're putting your own filter on them? So I'm, that's why I'm thinking like a lot of this is so perspective based. Because even, you know, if a young person asks an adult to kiss them, which does happen in the novel, they're not thinking of is that a, as a prelude to sex. They just know that's what people do when they're affectionate. And if you then advance that in your mind to well sex comes after that's on you right and that's an that's a you saying that reminded me that in the movie when Dolores is going off to camp and then runs back inside and jumps in his arm and just like straights up like is like all over him yeah it's it's a weird choice I mean because those were adult so kisses. I'm, like, in the book, you're reading it, and you're like, okay, so they kiss. Right. But you're thinking, like, she's giving him, like, it's a childish like a kiss. Yeah. Like, like I, always, yeah, I always assumed it was just, like, a peck. And it was, like, it doesn't, it doesn't even say, like, it was, like, on, like, lip to lip. It was, I always, I just assumed from the writing, it was actually, like, and, and from the way that uh, her character was, because she's naive, it was more of, like, a peck on the cheek or something, not, like, straight up on the lips. Yeah. So to me, there's like some really weird choices and they make it more sexual than I think it needs to be, than the story ought to be, because there's, it's it, like, it, like shit like that is sort of changing, I think, the themes and, 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 certain, and, and the purpose of, of the story that, that Nabokov was, was trying to say. You know what's so creepy? Um, mm -hmm. he always describes when she has like an exposed midriff or her back, he describes it as like her apricot skin. And it's probably because she's still young and has vellum hair, which you lose in puberty. And it's like weird. He's sexualizing this very youthful characteristic of like the kind of peach fuzz hair that children have. Like, yeah, there's just such subtle notes in there that Nabokov does that are so genius. Yeah, I, I, shit like that creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he describes things. It's like, if you were describing an adult, you know, sort of fine. Um, but you're doing like this. It's like, 
Oh wait, you're just you're talking about a fucking child here. Um, so it's interesting too. Don't just take it from us. At the end of this novel, there was kind of an afterward by Nabokov talking about this book coming about, and he's amazing because he said that you know people have asked him why he wrote this, and he's like, you know, teachers will always have students look at why did the author write this? What was their purpose? And he's like, honestly, most authors just want to get it out of their head. Which is true, you have stories in your head that you just want to get the fuck on paper because they're just in there. And what's funny is he's talking about when he sent it off to publishers, a lot of people he thinks assumed that it would get more erotic as time goes on because certain things do get more descriptive, but again, he never set out to write something that could be viewed pornographically. And the really funny part is he talks about, you know, there's three main things publishers really don't like, and some one of them is something like this. One is a happy, well, at the time, because this was published in the 50s, he said the second thing is a happy um, interracial marriage that results in many years together and lots of grandchildren. They hate to see that, and they also hate to see an atheist that is happy and lives to a ripe old age, which was <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, so... You know, kudos to him. But yeah, he said that one publisher told him if he published this book, they would both end up going to jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's the thing. He's making fun mm-hmm. of yeah. this character. He's not being sympathetic to him. And what's funny is the character does appeal to your sympathies. Like, you're supposed to feel bad for him that Dolores is manipulating him. But really, it just shows that she's become very self-aware of their situation and knows she can get more money from him and is hoarding it because she is trying to get away. And she's actually being really resourceful, but he's saying like, oh, the situation I was in, you have to feel bad for him, for me. And you're like, no, I don't. But he goes to redeem himself by killing a guy. And you know, let's talk about that. So mm-hmm. he, he tracks down Q and he's really mad ultimately that someone took his property as he sees it he and it's great because there's that moment where q is like you know you weren't exactly a great stepdad yourself because he was aware there was a sexual relationship between them but there's so many things the narrator doesn't really for like as observational and witty as he can be he doesn't internalize any of those sort of things like even when When Dolores is talking about how much pain she's in, he kind of just writes that off. There's not a moment where he's like, oh, no, what did I do? Like, he feels kind of bad she's not feeling great, but he's not feeling guilty. Oh, yeah, he has no sympathy for other people. Yeah, and, like, when he does mention, somewhere later in the book where he mentions how often she would cry herself to sleep at night, but it's just, like, this weird aside comment. It's not like a, oh, and it made me think about what I was doing. He's just like, eh, this happened. Well, yeah, and it's it's it's, it's sort of like the only time like he he mentions like any sort of remorse is like I guess when he's writing I guess quote unquote to the jury. He's like, oh, I feel remorse for what I did, but I don't feel remorse for killing this guy. And it's yeah, like part of it like none of this the the whole instance with 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 uh, Dolores and Q wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for him in the first place so it's it's uh the guy the guy can't can't uh uh, really internalize and 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 see um 
see what's happened. I think the only reason why he 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 actually says like he has remorse to me it's it's a bit like oh now she's married she's grown up and uh she's no longer Lolia and it's sort of like he mentions it I think even in that quote later on in that quote that you you were saying earlier about how she's not going to be Lolita forever and I think because he wasn't able to keep her young forever is is part of his remorse yeah I absolutely hate that in the movie they just throw in this line when he's leaving her, you know, with the money he gave her and her husband and says, can you ever forget what I've done to you? That never happens in the book. You're adding a layer of remorse the character did not feel. He's not worried about having fucked her up or like the trauma she's living with. He's just sad she's not coming with him because he's like, oh, I still loved her. She's not, you know, in her prime attractive age to me anymore but he's almost like oh I'm such a good guy I still love her I still love her pregnant with another man's child and it's like no you're just like because even when that happens and I'm glad the movie did show this he's thinking about that moment when she was younger and she was like tossing those bottle caps with her feet um, Mm -hmm. against that glass and in the movie it shows like he still sees her as the younger version of herself Right. Can we talk about how, how amazing the uh, the killing of Q scene is, though? <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite scenes in both the book and the movie. It's And Frank Langella hammed it up nice, nice for it. And I love the, the fact that the... Uh, maybe I'm finding my own symbolism that I want to that, that see, but the fact that... Uh, Q was playing like wasn't actually really playing the piano it was a piano that plays itself (laughs) and to me it was sort of like because he's kind of a he's kind of a fraud like I mean he is a straight-up fucking fraud like he seems like he writes these plays or whatever in order to get around young young kids to make pornos and then he just uh he just gets dirt on people and one thing i wish i wish the movie had the whole scene where humbert goes downstairs and there's like a party going on and yeah he's like i just killed q and they're like good for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) good for you maybe we'll kill him next time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they're just all in their own little little world and i must like i assume that these are all people who are in this pedophilia sex ring and just people that q has has dirt on and they're all basically have to party and be friends with one another otherwise they all get get turned in so i i i sort of that's how i i saw that scene in the book but uh, I wish they had that in the movie because it's, it's just that little extra after like the ridiculous shooting. I, I, I loved that scene. <laughs> yeah, and it is like creepy. Like, and they do mention this in the book and movie of, you know, Q is bargaining with him for his life and he's like, you can keep my house. You can use my fancy wardrobe. I got a lot of nice, you know, things to offer you like the maid's, daughters and granddaughters and also you know I'm bribing the police chief I've got all these people willing to cover things up for me and you're just like oh great this is a whole operation 
How good for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like here's a character that's I guess even worse than Humbert and Humbert gets to kill him, but kind of killing him for the wrong fucking reasons. And another thing the movie was lacking is again, I you know, it's a bit hard to convey because the book gets to just be straight up you're in his head and it's all of the paranoia he has about and like the rules he has for her where she literally can't hang out with boys she because he's you know very possessive creep and she was only they kind of show it where she's only allowed to be in the play if there aren't boys and she kind of gets her way with the play because she starts to manipulate him as he deserves to be manipulated and but yeah in the book there's just like a lot more of tracking her movements and making sure she's not hanging out with people of the opposite gender when there are boys in the house because he throws her a party after she's sick. Which also, yeah, there's a scene where in the novel she is sick and can't go to school for a week and he talks about how he's like, great, I had her in the house to myself and I could rape her a bunch and she's like groaning and sick. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously that'd be hard to show and that would get a bit, you know, explicit, but... He's really fucked up. Um, and yeah, so he throws oh, yeah. her this party, and he's like, boys were allowed to come, but he's coming into the room every, like, ten minutes to get a drink, get the newspaper. Like, he's really watching her and hates that she talks to anyone else, uh, hates that she talks to strangers when they're driving around. And, like, there's that kind of moment that where he says, like, oh, you have to be careful because people might try to take advantage of you. But... Like, she does kind of throw back that that's what he's doing to her, but of course he's not thinking that way. Right. There's some there's some good instances like that that bring up his creep factor that, that are unfortunately left out. Um, that's where, like, like I, like, I feel like they focused way too much on the quote-unquote romantic element in the movie, the whole, the whole sex and not the really creep factor. They, I, I, I feel like the, the movie kind of made Humbert more sympathetic than he should be. And part of that is also, it's just, it's fucking Jeremy Irons, and who doesn't love Jeremy Irons, but... <laughs> True. It's, it's I, I think he was a bit too sympathetic in the movie, and they needed more of the creep factor. They needed more of that manipulation that he does uh, but yeah i don't know i do want to see the see the original film and and sort of see see what they did differently there i mean like i said before is it the screenplay was written by nabokov so it's probably more straight on true and you know what else like there are moments where in the novel like there's one scene specifically that he also just mentions as this aside where Dolores is like, hey, what's the name of that hotel that we stayed at? And he's like, which one? And she goes, oh, you know, the one where you raped me. And I think that's the first instance of that word being used. Um, and you're yeah, realizing that would, she's... wouldn't ever use it. Exactly. And the only reason it is getting mentioned is because, like, he's using instances like this to show her being mean to him, you know, as he sees it. But... It's just her being honest about the situation. What was... Oh, so what's really funny is when um, he goes to talk to the school he's going to send her to. And 
that is one of the times where you're really kind of on his side because they're talking about the way they teach students and it's so awful. <laughs> they're like, well, some schools place this high value on education, but we want kids to focus on, you know, practical things. They're like, is it so important for a girl to know dates of certain battles? Is that more practical than knowing where to put an ice box in the kitchen? We're preparing them for marriage. And it's <laughs> so yeah. gross. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's also how some schools can be bad, which is also really... It's funny to me because like that whole instance is with a in the book was it a was it a religious school? I thought it was just like a normal school. Yeah, I think it's just a normal one. Yeah, it's 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 a weird choice that they they made it religious, especially because of the whole sex talk scene. I'm like, this is kind of weird coming from a nun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I I especially in like the the. I guess this would have been technically the fifties, forties, when whenever th this instance was going on. It was an odd choice to make it a religious school, but at the same time, it True. did make it kind of funny. Oh, okay. So let's talk about because we both loved this um, from what you said earlier. The beginning of the book talks about his childhood and a lot of the moving around in his uh, childhood romances. And there's a very beautiful reference to Annabelle Lee by Poe, where he talks about his yes. first love in yes. that summer. Mm -hmm. um, so that part's beautifully written, and that part is okay to romanticize because it's between two people of the same age, so it's not as creepy as later writing is because, you know, they're both children. <laughs> um. But, I mean, also sort of, and, and because uh, Humbert sees himself as an artist, which I guess... I guess he is a writer. I don't... I mean, he's a professor, but I don't know if he's really published anything. But he he sort of... He, he sees himself a lot like Poe. Because Poe... Uh, yeah. like he, he mentions how Poe had uh, Vict Victoria. And Victoria was even younger or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, well, Poe was also kind of... Oh, Virginia, thank you. Yeah. Um, Poe is also kind of a, a fucking creep because, you know, that was also his cousin and whatnot. And he's just he's justifying his own actions because some famous author did this stuff, did similar stuff. Yeah. And that's something um, people also used to justify is, well, back in the day, we used to do this. Well, it's like, yeah, OK, mm -hmm. back in the day, we used to bleed people out when they were sick so interesting what you choose to hark back to but yeah he talks a lot about Plutarch as well um and all of the people that were in relationships with younger people that were artists but you know we're supposed to look back in that and think oh that was weird and Plutarch I remember reading it in high school and being like why is he so obsessed with a younger woman who married someone else like I was like this isn't romantic this is just really pathetic unrequited love yep that goes on forever <laughs> oh yeah it's yeah there's a lot of those instances in the book where he's justifying it because someone someone else did it or uh he goes into like certain cultures the men would would seek out women that were a lot younger or or 
you know, back in the day, women got married at this age, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, it's a good thing society has changed. And also back in the day, I mean, women were basically only seen to, you know, make babies and maintain the house. And so it's, uh, it's good we've moved on beyond that shit. So... It's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, these same, same sort of things, you'll, you'll, you'll see people still try to justify shit these days, especially when there's like, you know, certain countries where the age of consent is lower than it is here in the United States. And they'll, they'll make justifications because, say, for instance, like Japan, the age of consent, I think, I believe is like 13. Um, it's either like 13 or 14. And I'm like... That doesn't. I think make it's fourteen in France right. too. Yeah, it doesn't make things right, and I know in the UK, I think it's sixteen. Um, could be wrong, and I mean, even in certain states, like have different, different age laws. But also, he's fucking going, uh, Humbert. You're going after a fucking twelve-year-old, and if we're gonna justify things based on uh, age of consent around the world, I don't think there's. I, I, I hope not. There probably is. I hope there's no country that has anything that low. But yeah, and when he's talking about the nymphet age, he's saying it spans from eight to sixteen. So you are saying you are mm-hmm. sexualizing girls as early as eight years old, which you will not find sympathy yeah, so- from anywhere. Right. This person hasn't even like. They haven't even gone, like, even started puberty yet. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, it's, And there are it's, moments, like, in the novel where he's starting to say that, like, sh- he sees her getting older. And he's kind of becoming a bit less attracted to her. Because that is what happens, you know? She's going to grow mm-hmm. out of the age at which he likes her. And there's like this really creepy moment where it's at the start of his marriage to Charlotte, her mom, and he talks about when they do have sex, he is really into it when he sees things that resemble her daughter. And he says something about how it'll probably be the same characteristics that Dolores's daughter will have when she's of that age. So like, even in the moments where he's saying, come run away with me, you're like, she's going to phase out of where you actually want anything to do with her sexually and when you're going to start sexualizing her child if it's a girl. Um, yeah. Like, this is just going to be this continued fucked up cycle. But this is, like, the ultimate complaint I have about the movie and it happened at the very end. <laughs> and I didn't want to tell you because you are on the phone with me at the end of it, but I got super <laughs> pissed off because, right, the novel ends with him in jail and he kind of is writing her a letter in his head of, you know, be good to your husband. I hope you're happy in Alaska. Be careful. And I hope your child is a boy. And it's like, yeah, that's because there's creeps like you. And you don't want someone to be attracted to her daughter. That's not you. Anyway, so um, the movie does this really stupid thing where they just throw up some text that says he dies in jail at the age of 50. And that same year, she dies in childbirth. And you're like, why? Why the fuck yeah, did you want was... to put that made-up bullshit on the screen and tie them together? Like, it is a romance story, and once they're not together, they had to die simultaneously? Like, why would you do this? 
It's the fucking Romeo and Juliet bullshit type of storytelling where, and they they that's that's like that's what I'm saying. Like they they made the movie too romantic, and yeah, I hated that as well. That was that was fucking dumb. It was completely unnecessary and didn't add to anything. Like, why not have him in the car talking to the jury? And, and saying the same stuff that he says at the end of the book, like that's a lot better than, like you said, tying them together in a romantic way. And like, I have issue too. So on my copy of the novel, you know, they always throw up some nice words from reviewers. And at the mm-hmm. top of the back of it, Vanity Fair says, the only convincing love story of our century. All right, here's why that's problematic. Oh, fuck, Mine's on, mine has that too. I, never, I didn't even look at the back of the book. <laughs> okay, yes, you can say it is a one-sided love story. You can say that because, yes, he's in love with her. I mean, not the real her, his idealized, fictional, I'm in love with the childish elements of her, creepy version. But to call it a convincing love story like it's a returned love like this is something that should be upheld i mean i will say because of nabokov's writing it's some of the most romantic writing i've ever seen it's very misplaced because it's a child but i hate that wording of the review well i would also argue it's not even it's not even a love story it's a lot it's completely lost because like he like and you mentioned it like he's he's he he doesn't really care about her personality at all. It has everything to do about her looks. It has everything um, to be the fact that she's young and the fact that, oh, he's noticing that she's getting older and he's becoming less infatuated with her ha- means that he is not in love with her. He only cares about, about raping her. And it's, so it's definitely not a love story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, so wait, let's go back to the beginning though, because mm-hmm. my personal connection with this, so I've loved Poe forever, and the whole reference to Annabelle Lee was rather beautiful, and I, because you know he's kind of changed some names happening here, um, he calls this young child love of his Annabelle as well, and what was really weird is so, when I read this in high school, I get to the part where he talks about Annabelle and him, you know, knowing each other and then the families separate and she died four months later of typhus in Corfu. And I had just been to Corfu that summer and I had fallen, I mean, you know, in the in a 14-year-old way for this, like, 16-year-old boy who worked at the hotel. So I was immediately like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, <laughs> what timing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, but it's also really interesting that he's picking this poem to allude to. I mean, it's one of my favorite poems, and it's fantastic. But he's talking about how she was locked up in her sepulcher by the sea, and that's where she died, and that's how he thinks of Annabelle. And what's curious is when Nabokov is writing about how much the story was in his head, he talks about how being he was inspired somewhat by there's like a photo of an animal in the cage and Mm -hmm. that's what Dolores is because she is trapped with this older man who is preying on her 
And it's interesting that he also has this sort of reference poem for the first love being locked up, because that's essentially what he wants to do, at least, and he does it in memory, if nothing else, you know, he's still erotically associating with this child that he Mm -hmm. knew when he was young, and he's still associating with Dolores in her prime age, where she appealed him, appealed to him, you know? Yeah. Creepy as fuck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was. Um... Yeah. So highly, highly recommend the book, the movie. If you want to see Jeremy Irons, it's great. I mean, you can just listen to the audiobook of him reading it, and personally, that's probably better. So, I mean, the movie's fine. I'm not going to like say that people need to go watch it, but definitely read the book if you're able to deal with reading about a creepy motherfucker who uh, enjoys pedophilia. Yeah. That's the story. (laughs) Uh, So what are we doing next month, Andrea? Next month we're doing child story. Oh, that's really weird transition. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about it. (laughs) Children's books. (laughs) We're doing children's books, everyone. We're going to go more wholesome. Uh... (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we didn't do that transition on purpose, but... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, so we're doing children's books. We're, gonna, we're, we're pushing through this. We're doing children's books. We're, I think we're starting off with a secret garden. Yeah, and we've got, you know, some uh, Coraline, some Matilda. Yes. Yes. Just nice, wholesome stories about young girls not being preyed on by adults. Um, well, Matilda kind of is. Well, not sexually preyed on by adults. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, right. yes, I technically yeah. so is Coraline. I mean, they're, you know, weird button-eye parents. But yeah, anyway, so come back for that if this wasn't your thing. It shouldn't be your thing, but again, seriously, excellent writing. Check it out. If nothing else... For the witty, humorous writing in a demented sort of way. So, uh, Secret Garden next week. I, uh, which now, I feel like after reading and watching this movie, I need to, you know, cleanse myself by making my own Secret Garden. <laughs> Have my own little space I can go to to get away. I won't go tend to some plants if people are too much for you right now, we understand. Yep. Plants are better than people. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. See you then. Read a fucking book. Make it Secret Garden. Mm hmm. Alrighty then. Bye. Bye. I looked and looked at her, and I knew as clearly as I know that I will die, that I loved her more than anything I'd ever seen or imagined on earth. She was only the dead leaf echo of the nymphette from long ago. But I loved her, this Lolita, pale and polluted and big with another man's child, 
She could fade and wither, I didn't care. I would still go mad with tenderness at the mere sight of her face.